Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. And today's episode is being dropped on the second day of August 2022. And this is the second part of our trade deadline roundtable that we had. We recorded this and posted it live on YouTube as the trade deadline was winding down. We had a bunch of great guests on in the previous show, and we're going to have more guests on today. Locked on hosts telling their thoughts as the trade deadline was winding down. I'm working to make sure that these episodes get on to your feed as fast as they can. Hey, uh, and which means there's going to be little warts and all. There's some hiccups that happened, technical difficulties we had. I'm including them in there, so it's a little sense of what the live feed was like. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods and on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting catchers. Okay, let's get back to the conversations that we're all having regarding the trade deadline, which ended today on the 2nd of August 2022. We break down some of our thoughts of the trades as they happen. But but let's John. Let's talk a little bit about this deal that the uh, the Angels made with Atlanta. By the way, Atlanta is just playing whack a mole with their bullpen. Uh, Will Smith has been traded away. They just pulled off this deal. Um, This is a this kind of reminds me of a few years ago when the Astros basically traded away Giles and a lot of their bullpen pieces uh, leading into the postseason. Uh, tell us your thoughts about this and, uh, you know, how this makes sense for them. It's a it's a salary dump, apparently. They just signed him before 2022 for four years. Uh, the Angels have not had a closer since they traded for Houston Street in 2014. So I'm a little bit surprised about this. But at the same time, Iglesias has $58 million left on his deal. So I imagine Perry Manassian is doing all that he can to free up space to buy the right players next season because you all know the talk about you got to win with Otani, you got to win with Trout, and that window is slowly closing. So I imagine they're trying to save money wherever they can, and I think this is a big part of it. All right, before I go into my question about Otani, um, they traded Brandon Marsh mm-hmm. to Philadelphia, which I found strange because Brandon Marsh is still relatively young. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't this wasn't that wasn't a salary dump he's only 24 25 years old i mean yeah. i don't think he's going to be uh he's not going to be mike trout but i think he's a you know he's he's a he's a major league player right and they got a uh a catcher who's not even on the major league roster yeah from philadelphia that's a steal for philadelphia <laughs> well the angels have no catching depth whatsoever 
And that guy, uh, Logan Ohapi, is how you say that name. He was the 84th prospect prospect in the top 100, and I believe 16 or so for the Phillies. I could be wrong, but he immediately becomes the Angels' number one prospect. So that tells you how our farm system is doing. And with Brandon Marsh, I think that this is a move that they're going they're going all in on Joe Adele. They probably see a higher ceiling with Joe Adele over Brandon Marsh. And, and I think that they really want to spend time with him and make him into something great. I'm disappointed to see Marsh go. Uh, he's a huge angel favorite. So that was quite a surprise. Not what we were expecting at all. All right. Well, look at, um, I want to also throw in, uh, Hey, uh, Millard, my buddy, uh, so much for all my predictions that show, Hey, Otani was going to be traded. Um, <laughs> I, I could have told sure. you that. <laughs> well, you, you didn't. You didn't. And I blame you. Um, Miller, what are your thoughts about some of this craziness? Before I get in the fact that uh, Darren Ruff was traded for uh, 17 players. Uh, what are you thought? First of all, what are your thoughts about? Uh, I think you were right. You picked San Diego for the landing spot for Juan Soto when we did our show. I said St. Louis and you said San Diego. Yeah, I guess I'll give myself a pat on the back for addiction, right? Yeah. But I'm glad you actually brought up the Darren Ruff deal because I got a little rant about the D-backs myself, about what they've They've made two trades. They've traded David Peralta, Luke Weaver, and they've gone back awful. Peralta gets you back an 18-year-old rookie football catcher. He's still a very productive player in his mid-30s. I know he's going to be a free agent, but Darren Ruff gets you back three minor league pitchers, the D-backs are starving for pitchers. Joey Gallo has been terrible over his last 150 whatever games it is. He's back the 15th best prospect from the Dodgers. What are the D-backs doing? Why are they not getting back any pitchers? They trade Weaver, who is half of the headliner in that Paul Goldschmidt trade. They get back a platoon third baseman who's only going to take at-bats away from Josh Rojas. I don't know what are doing, but look at the rest of the NL West. The Rock continue to be in the last place, so at least I don't have to worry about that as a D-back. Fan, but the Padres are loaded up. The Dodgers continue to load up, and the Giants uh, any of their players really. Yeah, I, the the rough trade was was startling to me. And look at rough, you know, has had some good years. This is not one of them, um, and he's not being asked to carry the Mets. I can't believe the haul they got for him. I mean, yeah, JD Davis isn't going to do much, but they got three minor league pitchers for Darren Ruff. I mean, that's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. They got back like a major league guy. Yeah, they got back like a major a cup of coffee, plus two other minor leaguers, and they're all like 25 and younger. Like, those are legit dart throws. If you're giving up Darren Ruff, who's like 36 years old and a 700 OPS, like, that's nothing to give up if you're the Giants. You get back all that in terms of prospects and young pitching. Like, a great move if you're the Giants. So, Jeff Millard and John. I want to just bring up a couple of teams. Uh, one is in your division, John, One and the other is in Jeff and Millard's division. Uh, the Padres, over the last day or so, have picked up Josh Hader, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, and Josh Bell. And uh, in exchange for um, you know, Hosmer and uh, what's his name, the relief, their major league reliever? Um, Taylor they, Rogers. Right, Thank you, Taylor Rogers. Um, and also C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, who's shown some promise in the majors, Robert Glasser, Denelson Lamette, who was a huge prospect for the Padres just a few years ago, has really fallen on rough times. Um, and James Wood, 
who was great in the Oliver Stone film Salvador, uh, Jarlin Susanna, and uh, Esturi Ruiz, players who I wouldn't know if they walked in full uniform into Robert my Hassel home the right third now. Too. Uh, yes, and Robert, thank you, Robert Hassel the third. So they traded away one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players for Bell, Drury, Hader, and Soto. And as I mentioned before, I don't care what Baseball America and Keith Law has ranked your prospect. You throw that prospect in to get Juan Soto. What are your thoughts on those players being inserted to the Padres? And do the Brewers know something we don't about Josh Hader, who has been slumping this last month? Well, what the Brewers know about Josh Hader is that he's going to be a free agent and he's going to want a lot of money. And, you know, the Brewers are in a weird situation to be they're in first place. They're fighting for a playoff spot, all that, but also they're a small market team. And so they have to be buyers and sellers at the same time. And, you know, Hader and Rogers both have been uh, less good than they might have expected to be. Although if you look at Hader, really it was three bad games. Other than that, he's been typical Josh mm-hmm. Hader this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for Hader, Hader, I think it boiled down to he's going to make money. We can get some prospects for him and get his replacement in Taylor Rogers. Maybe they think they can then can fix whatever has been his issues this year. Uh, but yeah, I think really it boils down to to money and nothing else. Right. Yeah. That's what do you think, Millard? About yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's why I feel like the Brewers actually might have won that Josh Hader deal because we had like Jeff said, you get that replacement who's like. Middleman Josh Hader in terms of his strikeout rate. You get back Lament, who I know has struggled a lot of years, but was a silent candidate back in 2020. Plus, you get two prospects. Like I feel like it all depends on how you value the close position. I just feel like to me, that's a more replaceable position than it's probably ever been in baseball because there's so many guys that throw 95 to 100 miles an hour with some hard breaking, pretty replaceable position. So if you're the Brewers and you're not going to re-sign Josh Hader, getting back four players for one guy who two of them good but not great in terms of run prevention actually like that move for the brewers but overall i mean the padres are probably the big winners of the day i mean if you're top 11 prospects and you net back potentially four or 11 players i i think that's a big win if you're the san diego padres let's pause a little bit here to think about the fact that these teams are trying to make these deals to give their fans some memories and maybe get a ring and if you're looking for a ring and you're ready to pop the question and make some great memories and you're going to be celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as the one you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is the place where they have simple online tools that let you choose the diamond's shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will even handcraft the perfect engagement ring and each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships for free, and arrives with discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Uh, John? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to finish off your segment here because we're going to bring in Eric Heisman from Locked On Astros in just a second here. But the Angels are a non-contender this year mm-hmm. who desperately need to fill their coffers in their farm system. 
The other team with an A on their hat in the American League West traded away Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino, and Matt Olson, and got back four, eight, 12, 16 players, including some top prospects. They The A's flipped, um, was it, six players and got back 16. Mm-hmm. That they, it seemed like not just each trade that they made wasn't just they got one, you know, pretty close to the major leagues prospect, but then they also got volume. And that sometimes is a huge part of a trade to be able to say, hey, we're also filling our farm system up with bodies that could work, could not work, but you you, you roll the dice or may help another player develop, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't the Angels do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have they don't have the uh, the talent to net back a bunch of players like that. I mean, if you look at the major league roster and you just see the move that they made with Noah Syndergaard, they they got two people two pieces back there, but you know he's only on there for half a year, and that's the that's the issue with signing these one-year deals, these these quick deals, these in-and-out deals that they've been doing the last few years. They just don't have the major league talent other than a Mike Trout or a Shohei, which they want to build around. I mean, you might see somebody like a Jared Walsh, but he's he's not going to get you that many pieces back. He might get you two or three players, but they just don't have that right now. And you, you've seen it with the A's before. Their turnover in terms of a, a, a quote-unquote rebuild is is like three years. They It seems like every three years they can reconstruct their entire roster and have – a new Matt Chapman and a new Matt Olson. And that's, that's been their MO for a while. And so it's always a quick rebuild with them, probably because of the volume that you mentioned. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, I guarantee you whether they're playing in Oakland or Portland or Las Vegas or Montreal or Nashville, the next great A's team is going to involve Gunnar Hogland, Zach Lowe, Kevin Smith, Kirby Sneed, JT again, Adam O'Leary, Eurelis, Angeles, Adrian Martinez, Cooper Bowman, Luis Medina, J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Ryan Cusick, Joey Estes, Shea Langlers, and Christian Pache. Um, I Pache and Sears and Waldachuk are really the only ones in that group I know, uh, but the, we'll all know them soon. And yeah, then prob- they- probably by 2025 or something like that. They'll all be there and they'll all be tearing it up again. <laughs> and each one of those names will be flipped for three more. It'll right, just be, exactly. It's, it's going to be like a fire. So, hey, look at uh, I'm going to bring in Eric Heisman, but uh, thanks for joining us, John. Yes, we'll put you thank back you. In the bullpen. Hey, Eric Heisman from Locked On Astros. Uh, can you help us untangle the spaghetti? That is the Houston Astros trade deadline because I can't keep track of all their weird moves. I mean, they went out and traded for three players. Uh, They addressed uh, two of their uh, weak positions, uh, which was catcher and also uh, the left field or first base, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, But overall, it was uh, definitely a kind of weird trade deadline. Uh, but, um, I, I don't know if, um, if Will Smith was the best acquisition, but, mm. uh, they got him for Jake Odorizzi. So yeah. it, it wasn't, uh, the, I, I guess they could have done better, but, um, for, they didn't give up any of their top talent. Like, I, I know that, 
Uh, the Padres gave up a lot to get um, their big um, Juan Soto, but um, I think the Astros did what they did to upgrade. They got um, Mancini to play first base, play a little bit left field. They went ahead and got uh, Christian Vasquez to play catcher, but um, at the same time, they have Martin Maldonado, who they want to play only occasionally. So uh, we'll see what happens long term, but um, I think the Astros made a kind of a good good move the Astros made a good move there but we'll see if it was enough because uh, I, I know that the Giants the the uh, Yankees went out and made some big moves and I know on the other side the Braves got better the Padres got better and I know Snide Dogs uh, Dodgers are a little bit better because they got um, the sweet hitting uh, Joey Gallo <laughs> well tell me a little bit I was a little stunned to see Will Smith be dealt uh, to the uh, uh, to Houston um, and the Odorizzi, like I mean, maybe I'm just not following the teams as close. I did. Odorizzi just had a very good start for for Houston. I, I, I was a little surprised that that this was this was a deal that was uh, made. Um, I know Will Smith has not been. Will Smith lost the uh, the closer job this year, um, but he is someone with playoff experience he was on the map i don't know if you remember this but he actually clinched the world series uh against the astros last year i don't know if you remember that or not Um, i remember but uh so that'll be interesting to walk around that clubhouse and say hey hey how you doing um sorry i ended your season but uh what are your thoughts about this about this bullpen depth now well, I think the Astros had a surplus in the rotation. And, and uh, if you're looking at the playoffs, Jake Odorizzi would not be in the playoffs roster at all. And so Dusty Baker has been kind of pushing for a left-handed reliever. And so with Lance McCullers making another start today and uh, with AAA uh, Space Cowboys, uh, he's probably on the way back to pitch mid-August with the Astros again. So you didn't need to be six or seven starters deep. So Oda Rizzi, as hot and cold as he was, he was a good starter at times, but he was kind of expendable. And the Astros uh, would have to upgrade their team by giving up one of the young guys like Christian Javier, Jose Arquiti, or Luis Garcia. And they decided to, instead of doing that, to go ahead and give up Jake Oda Rizzi instead. And so I think that's why they made that move. And they knew that Odorizzi uh, probably needed to change the scenery because he's had some ups and down here. So uh, I know that that was part of the move. And the Astros bullpen has actually been pretty good. They don't really need the left-handed reliever. They have Phil Maton there who's neutralizes left-handers pretty well. But uh, Dusty Baker's old school. He likes that left-handed reliever. So that was the logic behind it. All right. Hey, uh, Millard and um, Jeff, I want your take on the trade. I thought Minnesota was going to get Luis Castillo from Cincy, but he wound up going to Seattle. But Cincinnati said, hey, we got someone else. And they sent Tyler Molly over for uh, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who leads the league in letters in his last name. And Steve... H-A-J-J-A-R. Uh, I will go to baseballreference.com, the single race website, History of Planet Earth, to see the correct spelling. I mean, no disrespect. I've never seen his name until just now, and I don't want to butcher it. Um, what are your thoughts on that deal? 
and the Twins getting that much-needed pitching depth that they need if they want to make a run for it. Yeah, I like first. the deal. With oh, I just, I just it, jump ball, jump ball. Yeah, go I'll, I'll go quick, but I like the move for the Twins because they were one of the teams I thought should go after like a Frankie Mont. Pablo Lopez, mm-hmm. just because when we look at their rotation, you're on guys like Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer, and a couple of them have had nice seasons, but they're just not a lot. Look at their rotation. I just don't have a lot of trust in those guys once I get to the postseason. So I felt like they need to go out there and get a legit number two starter on the front. And Molly's pretty good. Maybe he's not a level pitcher, but he's a winner for the guys that they mostly have in that rotation right now. Now, so to slide Miley in as maybe your one starter in that rotation if you're the Twins, it's a win-now move for a team that's already leading that division, and I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, yeah, Molly hasn't been great this year, uh, but he his underlying numbers are pretty similar to the last couple of years that he has been pretty good. His walk rate's a little higher, strike rate's a little lower, but his home run rate is also a little bit lower. And so, you know, there's no reason to think that he – isn't still the guy who was pretty darn good the last two years and kind of gave the twins a chance to maybe buy low a little bit because he hasn't been as good. Uh, I mean, in the off season, people were talking about Castillo and Molly is almost like one a and one B as far as the reds trade ships. And so uh, obviously this season's performance is real and it happened and, and maybe there is something behind it, but uh you know, for a team like the, the Twins to be able to to jump in and buy low on Molly, I, I think it's a, a good move for them. And uh, doesn't mean it's going to work out, but I think it's a good move. I think what they're only twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to point that out that these that it could work out beyond. Uh, the Twins are definitely looking at this as their window of opportunity because they gave up seven players today to not just pick up Molly, but they also got um, Lopez, Jorge Lopez the all-star closer from the Baltimore Orioles to give them some uh, bullpen depth. So they feel the guardians and, and believe it or not, the white Sox are only like two or three games behind them as everything has gone wrong for the white Sox this year. They're still one month, one decent month away from climbing back into first place. So, you know, you know, hats off to Minnesota for saying, Hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to make a run at it. All right, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. We have a new favorite, the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and, of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. they got 160 calories and 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It's a perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place for them and just keep it for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered with 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. It's so good. What's great about Built Bars and Built Puffs is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. We're going to give you the new cookie dough, chunk puff, and when you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, 
Built Bar, and Built Pops the perfect protein bar. And they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15. Hey, we got uh, Jeff Snyder. We got Miller Thomas. We got Eric Heisman. Uh, just round the horn as we wrap up here. What was the trade that made you go, wait, what? The most. Like, which one caught you on your heels? Like, this question is catching you on your heels. Yeah. I'll, I'll Do you mean from our own team? Well, Eric, Eric, you go first. I mean, from our own team, I would have to say Will Smith. I mean, I knew that it was going to be a Jaco DeRizzi was going somewhere. I thought it was possibly to the Cardinals because Card- he's the Cardinals type of pitcher. I mean, they then they trade for a Quintana. So that was the type of uh, pitcher they would go for. So I would say for the Will Smith trade was a little bit odd. Um, I would say that um, the Angels kind of gutting it. I mean, I know that they're a bad team this year, but the Angels kind of gutting it and training Noah Syndergaard, Rossiel Iglesias was kind of surprising to me. But the fact that they were even listening to Shohei Itani was kind of weird as well. Yeah. For for me, I think the weirdest one was uh, Whit Merrifield going to the Blue Jays when it was just last week that Whit Merrifield wasn't allowed to play in Toronto. <laughs> because he wasn't vaccinated so uh i mean that one I, I think if you had made a list of teams what merrifield might have been traded to the blue jays what probably would have been 29th on that list uh, so so that one was was interesting yeah miller yeah and then for for me personally it was one that we already discussed today because the giants got back jd davis who is you know he's had an up and down career so far in Major League Baseball, but he's definitely a lot on the Major League level. And they got back three minor league pitchers. I will look at what the D backs did with the David Peralta deal. They just got back nothing. The D four pitchers in their organization, you know, rookie ball catcher. When David Peralta is more productive than a Darren Ruff, he's just a straight up better player. So to see Darren Ruff, uh, the return for Darren Ruff be a, a pretty solid Major Leaguer plus. Three legit dart throws. That just makes me mad as a D-backs fan that we couldn't get a package similar. Uh, the Josh Hader trade was the one that stunned me the most. Yeah, yeah I know that um, he had a bad couple of games. And yeah, I know that the Brewers are not don't have the deepest pockets. Uh, but they're also in first place. And they're also, you know, they have a window of opportunity of right now. And uh, the fact that, uh, that he was dealt... Um, to another team that's supposedly a small market team, but evidently not <laughs> with San Diego. Uh, I, you know, taking a step back, they're banking that Taylor Rogers can get his act together. I think, you know, if they let Hader walk, they'll get like a, what, a middle draft pick or something like that if they if they give him an offer. Um, and this way, they they know they're getting better a better return if they let him walk. So it's a smart move, especially if Taylor Rogers can do the job well, or someone else can fill in. We've seen so many times over the last bunch of years, a team has switched closers going into the final few months. I mean, what, I mean, it's so seldom that you see a team start the year with one pitcher as their closer and finish the year with the same, win the world series with that same closer. It happens from time to time, but there's been, 
tons of turnover in that particular position. So um, I find it a little odd, but uh, that was the trade that caught me off guard. Well, you all haven't caught me off guard. Sorry that everyone was tuned in. We did have some technical difficulties right off the top. Um, remember, your pal Sully is a 50-year-old doddering man uh, saying, I don't know how these AOL rooms work, but uh, we managed to pull it off here. Um, Jeff Snyder, Locked On Dodgers. Eric Heisman from Locked On Astros. Miller Thomas from Locked On Diamondbacks. And my compadre every Monday morning. Uh, thank everyone else who stopped in. Give their thoughts on the trade deadline as we just sort of did the sort of round robin pass of the baton. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to it. If you're listening to us on your earbuds, then I've broken this up to a couple episodes. Uh, you can follow us at Lockdown and be pod. Same handle on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Breaking down the trade deadline as it breaks down our sanity. This has been the Lockdown MLB Live trade deadline spectacular i'm your host paul francis sullivan thanks for the 12 for watching us live right now paul francis sullivan please call me sullivan